episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, uh, Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon, um, I'm sorry, Horizon Matt. You're That's on me. Twitter there. That's you. I keep doing this every time. It's so weird. Well, it's because we keep trading who's who's with you, you know? We're, we're just keeping you on your toes. I've done this a hundred million freaking times, and, you know, I keep getting the Twitter handles messed up. No, I was actually, I was going to give you the, the podcast. I was going to say you were at the podcast account at Horizon RT. I don't, I don't ever take over that one. Like, some of the other guys, like, tweet from that whatever. No. Not. I like being me. You know what? If someone wants to follow an Oakland game, I'm tweeting. And if not, you might want to put me on mute for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. So um, Horizon RT, that's the uh, Twitter account for Horizon Roundtable. You can find us at horizonroundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Um, Now, you all notice that we're doing this. uh, We're recording this on a Tuesday night because we felt the overbearing need to make sure that we had all of the week's games in before we recorded that includes UIC, IUPUI. Power, powerful game last night. I mean, that was UIC at IUPUI in Indianapolis. Uh, that was going on at the same time as another game that I, I guess was getting a lot more uh, attention. Um, so I just assumed that's why everyone was in Indy was for for uh, had, UIC, guess, IUPUI. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to those we'll get to those two teams later, but. The big news, of course, is the fact that we we have we have finally gotten to the point where we're finally going to see Cleveland State and I, uh, Oakland together. Cleveland Probably. State, it's only Tuesday. Well, it's only Tuesday. Yeah. Call, well, set, you know what? If it forward. hasn't happened yet. Nope. Nope. Been, Bob. Bob. Seen, don't do oh, this. Don't do it I'm to just us. Saying, if, if it was going to happen, Tony Paul would have tweeted it out already. There's still time. A long ways away. Anyway. So... So, yeah, so Cleveland State and Oakland had two very different weeks last week. Oakland started theirs out with not playing Detroit Mercy. Cleveland State, three, yeah, three games last week. I, I almost forget about Detroit week. Mercy. Yeah. Yes, so, so Oakland did not play Detroit Mercy. Cleveland State did play Purdue-Fort Wayne a second time because, you know, because Cleveland State, Purdue, for I think it's getting a little chippy between those two teams. Because I think they've seen each other way too much. You know, when you when you have a friend that you see a lot, and then he's getting on your nerves for a little bit. This is what this 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 matchup has become. I think. <laughs> I mean, I tweeted out a picture from the last Oakland game. I, I I brought my daughter, the extra NBA talent scout, with me, and you know she's she's eight, and uh, I can tell you, you know, with with little ones, yeah, you get that. Like, you know what? Why don't you take a couple days off from that friend? You know, that neighbor that you see all summer. You guys need a couple days away from each other. That's about where Cleveland State and uh, Fort Wayne are at right now. You guys need a little time cool down there. Yeah, and Purdue Fort Wayne obviously took that moment, uh, took that 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 energy, and took it out on Youngstown State and Robert Morris. Beat them both pretty handily. Um, didn't blow them out, but it was a pretty convincing win on both ends. Cleveland State, on the other hand, inexplicably, somebody's going to have to walk me through this, that um, Robert Morris, they only beat Robert Morris by one point, and they and Youngstown, they beat Youngstown State, but it took till overtime. I, it, it was a weird thing. You know, the thing with the Cleveland State one, especially with Youngstown, is uh, so I had that game up while watching Oakland live because everyone around us that was actually way more interesting than what we had live. We'll get to that. But um, <laughs> watching it, 
Cleveland State should have lost. Youngstown had every opportunity in those that final minute of uh, regulation to pull it out, yeah. and they didn't. They didn't finish, which sucks. That's where you go, like. That's where they missed Covington. You know what I mean? Like oh, that yeah, would have absolutely. been a Covington moment. But otherwise, Youngstown State should have won that game. Yeah. Cleveland State didn't look good. And yet they still won. Well, they didn't look all that great against Robert Morris either. Was it a trap weekend where they just looking ahead? Like what, what's I don't going on? No. Well, I mean, but I, I guess the big thing, I guess the thing with Cleveland State, and this part is important, I guess, is that when you look at Cleveland State, they they all they always seem to find a way to win. At least you know that that has been the case, especially over the last season and a half recently with Dennis in the Dennis Gates era. So I mean. I just I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and chuck it up to the fact that they got a boatload of experienced players and they've been down this road before and they know what kind of what they need to do down the stretch to get the things done in the clutch. I mean, isn't that what they say though? Like it's the mark of good teams. Like you you win games like you're always one point ahead. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. And you, you yeah. win games that maybe you shouldn't have. And you know what? I've said it and I'll keep saying it until Thursday. Cleveland State is the top team in this league until someone proves otherwise. That is true. And yeah, I mean, it, it, so that's that, which pivots me over to Oakland, where on the other hand, Oakland is just blowing people out, <laughs> just killing them. I, I mean, you've been around just a little bit longer than me. That's not an old joke. That's a historian joke. And um, has anybody ever won this many of their first conference games with it's five straight games uh, up 20 points in a game? Like, no. what is that? That's stupid. No, I've not. I have not seen that. I mean, we didn't even see that last year with Wright State, by the way. And that's the team that did kind of do that to a lot of people, but didn't do that consistently like Oakland is doing right now. Um, and not even the Butler teams from 2010 and 2011 did this to people. I mean, they have, they really had that, you know, especially in 2011, they had their hands full with like both Cleveland State and Milwaukee. So I I look at it from so so what Oakland is doing right now is really something, and so which brings us to Thursday where we now have an Oakland team that has really been has has been ahead of every Horizon League opponent by twenty or more against a Cleveland State team that kind of struggles but always finds a way to win. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic between those two. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm, I am excited to watch it. I think it's two uh, kind of different styles. Um, you know, what's funny with Oakland is I'm not sure what their style is. I say the two different styles, but at the same time, I don't know what Oakland's style is right now because they've been hanging their hat on defense. We know that. That's that's who they've been for two years now, which is still kind of funny to say about Oakland, but genuinely, and it's been really, really good. But um, at the same time, after grinding out, you know, wins against Oklahoma State, like that's they slowed things down. They they aren't a good offensive team. They've been putting up a lot of points and they've been pushing a little bit. Well, I mean, when you got a guy like Jalen Moore, who is so let's see here. How how many uh, assists did he get uh, against Milwaukee? How many was that? I'm pretty sure he finished with 15. Yeah, he had 10 points. 10 points and 11 or 11, 11 points, 10 assists. No, 10 points, it was, I, assists. Thought it was four, I thought it was 14 assists. Well, oh, it might've been 40. He had a double, double within the first like six minutes of the game. It was yeah. ridiculous. He, he was just that good. Yeah, exactly. And that's 
we we learned that um this week that um he's he's playing on some bad feet. Like he he sat out the Ohio oh, yeah. Christian game, which is you know what. We're not even going to get into the Oakland Ohio Christian game. That was just stupid. But you know, him and Kane sat out the whole well, game. Was that a sixty-eight point win, and you didn't even and Jamal Kane and Jalen Moore sat. And yeah, they still they won by sixty-eight. That's great. Yeah, you know what? It, thanks Ohio Christian for coming in. The whole thing was not ideal. Everybody knew coming in what it was going to be. But you know, like I said, for Moore, who was supposed to play three games to get that game off, was huge. Yeah. Um. So, but he but he came out against Milwaukee ready to play. Yeah, and he did. You know, Kane was kind of quiet. Well, we're gonna call it quiet. I mean, not really quiet. quiet. I mean, quiet I for mean, Jamal Kane. He only had three rebounds against Milwaukee, which again for him is is low, where he averages that double double. But um, that was kind of by design, where his job wasn't to be anywhere near um the backboard. You know, they were they really felt that Milwaukee was a good three point shooting team, or at least shot a lot of them. Yeah. So they kind of pushed out, and they were willing to give up some rebounds, and you know that's where Kane wasn't grabbing those, but. Oakland is playing very well right now. Cleveland State doesn't seem to be, but I don't think any of that matters Thursday because it starts at 0-0. Throw the, throw the records out, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cliche, it's stupid, but it, it's true. Like, okay, cool, we got yeah. to this point. Um, You know, Lenardi had Cleveland State in his bracket today, which we kind of laughed about because we kind of just assumed Joe Lenardi has done no, uh, no actual homework on this league. At, but you know what? He looked, he looked at the standings, saw Cleveland State on top, and said, oh, okay, fine. There you go. Do you think he at least used the ESPN ones as ESPN's guy? Do you think he looks through the ESPN standings or is he like using somebody else's? He's probably using the, he probably goes on horizonleague.org and just looks at the, goes to college, uh, goes to men's basketball, looks at the standings and said, okay, fine. You're giving him a lot because more credit than I may have. I, I, I am. I am. Um, yeah, you thought it might be just the net rankings or something, but that requires effort of him doing a search. Which he's no, not I think do. I think the net ranking only comes in once he's determined which team. Whatever. Yeah. Well, we yeah we we know we, if it's if it's not if it's not a Power Six conference, he doesn't give a shit, so it doesn't matter. And you know what? Honestly, hold this is mostly unrelated. Um, I haven't talked to you in two weeks. Happy New Year, Bob. Um, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the charm, and like you know, we we always have talked about this. This quick quick tangent, like you know, we're the ones covering the Horizon League, and it's kind of fun because we're starting to actually you know get some credit for that. Um, I had a chance to talk to uh, Jared Calhoun after that Youngstown State game. And, you know, he doesn't know me from anybody. But when I said who I was, he lit up and we talked for just a minute and he thanked us for what we do. And it's those things like we're, we're yeah, we know that Lenardi's not paying attention to the league, but people within the league are paying attention to our paying attention. And that's really cool. Real quick, quick shout out to us. Go team. There you go. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's so. Wow. How do I. How, yeah. How do I follow that up? Yeah, I won't tell you the exact conversation again. I well, I think I've told you privately, but still, yeah. um, it was really cool that uh, the coaches in this league. And, and you yeah, know it was what? One it, it just kind of well, it's it, yeah. I, I mean, he said that he's been on. The, he was on the podcast in uh, 2020. Said almost the exact same thing. I mean, uh, I'm paraphrasing obviously from your conversation, but yeah, he, he kind of said the same thing at the end of that podcast at the end of that interview. So, hey. That's what we're here for. We will be here all year. And really, well, it comes back to to try to you know bring it back to something that's not patting ourselves on the back is you know Thursday Thursday is going to be what it's about. You know, it, everything doesn't matter. Um, the truth is, I don't even think Thursday matters that much. But I, I know I shouldn't say that. I'm not trying to downplay it for either team in advance. But like, I don't think it matters because we're a one bid league right now. That's not, yeah. <laughs> two bid horizon is right out the door. Thanks everybody not doing their job in the off season or in the. Uh, None, I saw, none I, you know, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, 
where they basically said for the amount of money that the Horizon the Horizon League schools invest in their bas- men's basketball teams, they're just the most underachieving conference in college basketball. And I honestly cannot dispute that, like even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I was a little frustrated a week ago because uh, Low Major Madness had put out their top 25 and Oakland wasn't on there. And I was one of those like, really? Not even going to crack your, your low 25? And he's like, I don't rate the horizon here. And I thought about it and I'm, you know I'm glad that for. Is, you know what? That is who said it too, by the way. He was responding to you, actually. That makes sense. That- that they spend, they spend way, they, in terms of their, these men's basketball budgets, they are above what he looks at in terms of that ranking. And I mean, I, I mean, again, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this week's net rankings. I mean, we had five teams that are 300 and below. But we almost I mean, had the most important one. Almost. We're so close. Uh, you are like, you are like so race to the bottom at this point. <laughs> I need, I want to see it. You know what? Like race I, to the bottom. Yeah. So obviously 358 schools in division one in the net rankings this week. IUPUI was 357. Almost right, there. Delaware right above, State. Right above Delaware State. I thought for sure they were going to get it, but nope, they did not. Um, but I got to be honest with you. They did not do very – they didn't do terribly this week at all. I mean, they basically took Wright State by surprise. I mean, Wright State did end up winning by double digits, but Wright State did not look very good in that game. And then they go to you, and then they play UIC again. You got to remember too that you IUPUI is against Wright State. They were only had eight guys, and against UIC they only had nine guys. They brought back Mike to Persia, and I got to say they they did a lot better than they have been doing up to that point. So I'm beginning to wonder if maybe the the, the switch got flipped a little bit and. And I've said it before. He, they're gonna beat somebody that's going to drive you crazy, wondering why they beat that team. And it almost was UIC on Monday. Well, and to UIC's uh, defense, they were missing probably their top two players, Demaria Franklin and Demaria Franklin and Michael Diggins. Yes, but yeah, but at the same time, you you, you would think that core group. Still, and UIC's obviously got their own problem. And, and Damari Franklin is not out for any COVID reason. He's he is hurt apparently. Is he hurt? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So him and uh, Marcus Larson are both hurt. But, but uh, Diggins was on protocol. Diggins was on protocol. Yes, that is correct. You know, but IUPUI came back. They got you know they're coming. They they came into this weekend shorthanded, and I mean, <laughs> hey, they they almost you know they. They almost got a win, and then that would have been nice. I mean, so it didn't happen. Somehow, somehow this was, I think, the second or third IUPUI game I've watched this year. I'm trying to watch everybody, and that includes IUPUI. And um, the biggest thing with them is they just don't have the guy. You know what I mean? Like, when B.J. Maxwell is your guy, and end of the game, ball in someone's hands, got to do something, like, it's not, it's not a great place to be bj bj maxwell is actually a good piece but but he's your guy on the iapui like you know that, like, that's the, i think that is the issue here is that they have the guy they have basically it's it's not the guy it's just the it's just the guys and and you gotta understand because a lot of some of these guys are holdovers from last season where there were not one but not two but three the guys and they right. still 
very well. You know, when you when you when you have you know you know a guy like Az uh, Ezra I say, you know, he's a good piece, but is he the guy? Hmm? He tried to be. B.J. Maxwell comes in. Is he the guy? Mm-hmm. You know, Mike DePersia was supposed to be. I mean, he's been he's been in and out with injuries and COVID protocols and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he can barely so, see the floor right now. I mean, yeah. Uh, honest, the one player I was personally most uh, impressed by, I guess, or kind of thought that's someone they could run things through was uh, their big guy uh, Carrasco. Like, Jonah I don't Carrasco. Really, yeah, Did he's not know? on my radar. Like, I forgot Jonah Carrasco was a thing, but I thought he played really well, um, especially down the stretch. I mean, he only had 10 points, but I, I kept thinking to myself, can't they run the offense kind of through him? Like he seemed to kind of control things at times. Like I really liked, I really liked what he played in the game and that it helped that, you know, Diggins it was does, out. Like, yeah, that's exactly. And they, again, they also did. And I don't believe their other big guy, Dimitar Pandev was even in. And uh, Chooks is a Tua. I, I'm, his name's not Chucks. It's Chooks is a Tua. Still probably going to keep calling him Chucks because it's awesome. Um, he's a freshman. So, you know, there there's a mix of guys who were kind of been spent the last year being role players to, you know, Jalen Manette, Marcus Burke, and Elijah Goss. And now they're thrown into this situation and add in an Izatua who's a freshman, a Boston Stanton who's a, a freshman. Um, they didn't have K.J. Pruitt. He's out still. Freshman. So, there's a lot of moving parts that they haven't been able to kind of get together. And, you know, much to their detriment, it, it has affected them. And I think um, – and they really did try to take advantage of UIC falling in love with the three-pointer on Monday. And they and UIC spent way too much time shooting three-pointers on Monday. Way too much time. Well, but they pretty much didn't know what else to do. I mean I... – I don't know how much practicing they've really been able to get in as he, they, it was just a little uncohesive, especially without Franklin. And, you know, they, they made it work. That's again, though, I mean, I'm still higher on UIC than a lot of people and I might look stupid for it, but wouldn't be the first time. Uh, well, you're not the only one who's high on U, uh, UIC. Guess who else is? Who's that? The Missouri Valley Conference. Oh, look at that. There they are. And yeah. So yeah, there's the other thing that's been going on. Apparently, um, Apparently, UIC. Apparently, the Missouri Valley Conference is kicking the kicking the tires on UIC. They're UIC not kicking the tires. They're there. They're yeah. Yeah. It's only a matter. Of, we, yeah. The only the only thing that we got to do is make sure we're the ones who say it first, which will never I, happen. We should just have it out there now. I mean, it, it's it's done. You guys. I mean, UIC come on. When gone. you break out, come on. When you break out, Curtis Granderson. UIC uh, alum and former baseball play, you know, baseball superstar Curtis Granderson, man, it's over. <laughs> well, and they make a ton of sense for the Missouri Valley. I get it. You know, they don't care that UIC hasn't been super successful. Either was Loyola, and look how that worked out for everybody. And they, UIC has all the things, the facilities, that the, they are the perfect substitution. And you know what? I'm not mad at them. Bye, guys. I get it. Sometimes the pretty girl shows up at your door and you go, yeah, I'm available. Man, I, I, that's, I mean, it's, it's still bugging me because it's like, okay, well, yeah, that, that means, yeah, Horizon League officially loses Chicago. And it was just funny because, you know, Chicago has been a, a center market in, in the Horizon League 
forever and ever and ever, and soon it will be gone. But for what? I mean, maybe it's because I, I wasn't a loyal around for lo- loyal or anything. Like, you know, the Chicago market is pretty overrated. The idea of the Chicago market, who cares? Who cares? It's not like UIC or Loyola before all the craziness got any got any play. No one in Chicago cares about them. It's not like it's done the Horizon League any favors having the Chicago market. It doesn't matter. You, I'll remember that when you when we start hearing rumors about Chicago State. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put that in the ether just to annoy everybody. I've yeah. done it. I mean, I've already said I know, it. I, I think you've already said it, but I'm just, I keep reiterating that. And again, I swear to God, swear to God, if Chicago State ends up in the Horizon League, I'm going to be make, I'm going to like openly campaign for Cleveland State to go to the A-10. Just openly campaign. Just start saying it in public all the time. Just do there's it. Not a single, there's not a single team that they're going to add that anyone's going to like. Everyone bitches and moans around here. You all bitched and moaned about Oakland. You all bitched and moaned about Northern Kentucky. We bitched and moaned about IUPUI and four-way. It doesn't matter. Everybody's they'll, they'll, just... bitch moan, they'll bitch and moan if it's Bellarmine. They'll bitch and moan if it's Southern Indiana. They'll definitely bitch and moan if it's SIU, Edwardsville, or Moorhead State. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. So who cares? Just start bitching and moaning now, which is easy because it's what generally is happening anyway. So it's fine. Well, we're a salty I'm, group anyway, so why should this, any of this be a surprise? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's fine, y'all. It's it'll be fine. Guys. Uh, I, I'm not saying this because I hope she listens and will join us soon. I actually really, really trust Julie Rolash and the Horizon League. Um, I think they've made a lot of good moves, including ones that a lot of y'all don't like. My opinion, I think they've done a really nice job with this league for what this league is. Um, and that's I, what's you beyond know what? basketball. To, to her credit, to, to Julie Rolash, the, the Horizon League commit, to her credit, basically – all these decisions about whether these games are forfeits or no contest ultimately are determined by her. So basically, you know, so the buck stops there, guys. You want to get mad about whether you got you got called your team got called a forfeit, your games got called a forfeit. There you go. But you know what? Makes sense. Truly, I think everyone's going to be okay. It, yeah, honestly, the biggest thing with losing UIC is baseball. Baseball is going to be a concern for the Horizon League, and I'd like to think that they're aware and they're going to address it. So yeah, that's the thing too. And I was, and again, I've been of, of the teams that I, I, all of the schools I mentioned, all all of them. I think all of them do have baseball, so it's only Chicago a State does not. Except for. I, I'm not. I'm not speaking that new existence. It's thing. Let the well, OVC take them. Or the Southlander, you know, I don't know. Finally, maybe they'll finally get around to dropping the Division Two, which they should have did a long time ago. I don't know. They're a basketball team on the rise right now. Well, yeah, they're better than IUPUI, so. So is everyone except Delaware State. And, except for know. Delaware State, that's right. Oh. I, 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 you know what? I feel bad because I feel like I feel like we're rooting against IUPUI. I, but you knew this was going to happen. You knew they were not going to have a very good year. I think I've said this. I've said it multiple times. Not everybody can be a Dennis Gates and like put a team on a put the put a team together on the fly after everybody leaves. No, I think Matt Crenshaw is going to. He's, he's kind of exploring right now, figuring out what he's got, and he's going to build. It's just going to take a little while, and you know what? I think he's a good coach. I think I, I, 
I trust until there's no reason not to, you know what I mean? So I think he's going to be able to make some things happen. I think we're seeing improvement with IUPUI throughout the season. And that's, that's coaching. Which actually right brings me to their next game. I believe they're playing Green Bay next. And Circle that one. Cir- no, because those are two teams. I mean, Green Bay has Green Bay and Robert Morris are kind of the same team at this point, where they're both teams that just seem to go on to just – they do well, but just not well enough to win. Bob, we're missing an important piece of news that we haven't discussed real quick. Yeah, well, at least, and I was going to say, so. and Robert Morris also uh, suffers that from one. the fact that everybody leaves in the yeah. middle of the season. Okay, so I don't know. Okay, and I was wrong, by the way, because um, it hasn't been three players in the last two seasons that have done this. It's been four, because the first one was A.J. Brahma last year. This year, you had Ferran Flavors, who left after four games. You had Matthias Acunzo, who also left after the end of the semester, I think. And then last week, right after – this is the part that just – this is this is defiance of explanation right here. Right after the Robert Morris-Youngstown State game, where, again, Robert Morris was in that game, and they could have – that was a winnable game for them. The day after. Rasheem Dunn is gone. I'm like, wow. And I, 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 and you know what? Maybe it is addition by subtraction because they certainly did a lot better against Cleveland State. I don't know. I mean, you hate you hate to use the word, but like, was he a locker room cancer? Like, we saw it with Robert Morris last year. They got rid of Brahma and they started to play better as a team. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. It just it's. It seems so weird. I don't know. Look, if a player's able to leave that fast, that tells me they weren't bought in. And I have to imagine that shows up in the locker room and practice in games and hangout and whatever. Like, dude wasn't bought in. Let's be honest. Rasheen Dunn never bought in to a single program, clearly, because he, he, he went through four programs. Like. Was it four? Yeah, it was four. Because he had to I, stop before Cleveland State, right? Yeah, yeah, he was at uh, God, what was it St. Francis? I think St. I can't. St. Francis to Cleveland State to uh, St. John's, St. John's to RMU to not playing anymore. Too far, far away. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, hey, but I, again, I mean, but when you looked at uh, the only thing, the only issue that Robert Morris now has is that you know that backcourt is pretty depleted now. Because now you have two guys that you thought were going to be a part of the rotation and flavors and done that aren't there anymore. So that puts the owner's sort of responsibility on a Michael Green, on a Camp Ferris, on a Neon Cheeks. So, yeah, that's going to be a problem. The front court, on the on the other hand, it seems to be doing pretty well with Khalil Spear running everything. Which is funny because we actually predicted early in the season it would be the other way around where there was going to be their backcourt they could rely on. We had no idea what was going to happen up front. Oh, I don't know. I thought Khalil Spear was, you know, pretty did pretty good last year. I think he's I think he's definitely uh, I, I think he's definitely kicked it up a notch this season. But again, it hasn't translated into any wins, which is sucky. But what are you gonna do? I mean, I think the the one thing, and someone's gonna come through that actually listens and say, well, what have they proven? Blah blah blah. And I I guess I don't know, but. I think the Horizon League has a lot of really good coaches overall. I think there's maybe one or two that I would say, mm, I'm not sure I get it, but a lot of these coaches are good. Andy Tool's a really good coach. Oh, yeah. And 
the the talk of is Andy Tool on the hot seat? No, Andy Tool's not on the hot seat. Andy, Andy Tool isn't going anywhere. But Andy Tool's a really good coach. He's gonna figure it out. You know, Greg Campy. I mean, I, I think I did, I did, did ask if that was gonna be a question, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't. I mean, no, it's it, not. It, just, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't make sense. I think they're going to get it together. Do they get it together this season? Probably not because they got way – they're running into way too much of a buzzsaw. They run into a – this weekend they're going to going into right State where they have – you know, Bright State is actually – what are they, won six games in a row? Um, and then Northern Kentucky where – well, I don't know. Does Northern Kentucky play this weekend? I don't know. That's Northern the question. Who? Northern who? I don't know that 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 team in that team in the Cincinnati suburbs that I keep hearing about that doesn't it you know oh they, the the one that's going to get a new AD this summer right then then I see some new oh, those guys yeah, yes yes those guys cool great uh, talk, we'll talk to them this summer yes we will whoever it is hello soon to be Northern Kentucky AD you might have heard of us already and if you, <laughs> you have heard of and if you haven't you will. Many, many times. <laughs> so, um, no, as of yeah, as of now, uh, as of now, Northern Kentucky is playing uh, Youngstown State on Thursday. As of now, that that was the one. That was the one I wasn't so sure about. Although, uh, although Green Bay uh, is a little shaky. Although you got to remember, they only got had eight guys against. Milwaukee that are already on the protocol, so they may be uh, they may have enough guys for for Thursday against Robert uh, Thursday against um, IUPUI. Yeah, they, I mean right now as of Tuesday night, um, we are. They still... definitely have Kamari. It looks like they definitely have Kamari McGee. And oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, um, uh, Dylan Graff actually did an interview with uh, Kamari McGee. He's got it's going to be public. It should be on HorizonRoundtable.com. Um, well, if you're listening to this on Tuesday night, it'll be, you know, after Wednesday morning, it'll be out there. Yeah, right now, we all six games, the full slate on Thursday is still scheduled, which would be really nice. It's been a while since we got all teams on the floor on the same day, so. Yeah. So, which, speaking of Milwaukee, we have to have a conversation about Milwaukee. I know, obviously, you saw Pat Baldwin Jr. at the arena on. You saw him there. I did. You saw him there, but you know, okay. Um, he wasn't playing. Nope. You know, he he did not play. He didn't. He played sparingly. He was playing against Green Bay, but he got hurt again, and that's what's been going on. But he's been hurt. Um, I don't know. For some reason, somebody put out the put out that he was on COVID protocol. He was not. He's obviously dealing with some leg injuries. He was dealing with well, those was, beforehand. And then there was some there was some discussion um, about was he on protocol or not. And he was at the Bucks game and not with the team. And there was a bad look. There's a whole whole hullabaloo about all that. And it turns out he was hurt. So he was not in COVID protocol. He was just hurt. Um, but he's hurt again. I guess it's like a calf injury or something like that. Um, so I saw, I saw him Sunday, like you said, and uh, he was in street clothes. Yeah. Um, and I know that Patrick Baldwin Jr. is probably really good at basketball. feel confident in that. Um, but he's probably not much of an actor. Dude is walking with a limp. He's hurt. This isn't faking yeah. it. This isn't, this isn't uh, oh, we're going to shut him down because he's not playing well. No, he's hurt. We're going to sh- 
I, I don't see him seeing the floor again. He's hurt. And yeah. at this point, there's no good that comes from playing again for him. He's already slipped out of the lottery in a lot of picks. So might as well get healthy and go into the summer ready to prove to teams that he is a lottery pick. After there all. you go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got the combines and you all have all those things that are coming up too. So I mean, there there are plenty of opportunities for you. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, he, as far as like any kind of accolades, he's not get. I mean, he first of all, he's he is he there. To Milwaukee's credit, I should say, they are the only team that has played their entire schedule without any interruptions at all. I don't know how that happened, but it did. So, and they played they played more Horizon League games than anybody else. So, they played seven games. Pat Baldwin Jr. has fully played in one game. That was a game he had a double-double in. And then he partially played in the Green Bay game. I'm not sure we're going to see him this weekend. Um we're not. I, I don't know. I guess he was supposed to be about. Uh, Pat Baldwin Senior said he's he's getting. He was supposed to get evaluated on Monday, so we'll see. Um, he's not going to. I mean, he, he's. I think he's missed too much time to be even seriously considered for even freshman of the year at this point. So I, I, I would be shocked right now. I mean, if he would even be on the all freshman team, he hasn't done anything. No. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I think he. You know. I, you're at a point, especially with Milwaukee, where you have to ask the question, where do we go from here? And yeah, that includes where do you go after Pat Baldwin Sr.? Because if we're being honest, I don't see this lasting much longer, period. <laughs> Unless he's got like some real nasty dirt on Amanda Braun, um, I, I think his time there's just about up. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I mean, and that's, that's okay. It, but yeah, I mean the this weekend for this week this weekend, I obviously they won against Green Bay, but the the Oakland and the Detroit Mercy game for Milwaukee was absolutely positively demoralizing. And oh, by the way, that for that one game, the one game against Detroit Mercy just happened to be on national television. Oh yeah, and that one kid did that one thing. Like one kid that, yeah, um, Antoine or something or other. <laughs> Some coach's son. We're, we were just talking about coach's son. That's a transition. That's well done. Yes, yes. Uh, from one coach's son who didn't play to one who played his ass off on Friday night. Antoine Davis scored 39 points, and now he is the all-time leading scorer in Detroit Mercy history. The best scorer in Detroit Titans history of all time, better than anyone who's ever put on the jersey. The best scorer ever at that school. Period. Yep. Basically. That's he made right. anyone else who ever even thought they were the best scorer at that school look bad because he is the best that's ever done it. The best. Anyone else who has ever done it there was not as good as him. Yes. Now, if only he had a few, like, I don't know, um, conference titles to go with that or something. Doesn't matter. Talk later. Does matter. <laughs> Don't you mean talk soon? Nope, I don't. I mean, no, I'm not. Nope, I don't mean it. To make, <laughs> to make that night about yourself, if in the rare chance you're listening, dude, what a terrible look. It wasn't about you. It was about Antoine, and he deserved it. And for you to do what you did online, you made yourself look stupid. 
I thought I I might not like you, but I thought you were better than that. But oof, bad luck, bro. And with that, but uh, the other one thing, I guess I'm not to change the subject, but I'm gonna. Um, the one other thing, I, I Detroit Mercy has you know that game. And they were coming off again. They also were coming off of COVID protocol too, because they didn't play Oakland on Wednesday because of that. But they were ducking. I'm just kidding. They weren't at they all. Were. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Even Greg Campy was cool with him. Mike Davis and him had a great talk. He was Campy was very supportive of not playing that game. It wouldn't. It okay. So here's the thing with that, by the way, and this is important because I feel this is not going to be the last time this happens. So. It seems to me that if we get to a situation where there is a week where the travel partners on one side, there's a full set of travel partners do not play or or do not or do not play because of COVID. The other travel partners will play each other. It seems to me that that's what's going to happen because we've already seen it happen between Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Cleveland State, because UIC and IUPUI are in COVID protocol, and they were supposed to, both those teams were supposed to play them, and it didn't happen. So be on the lookout, because that, you know, and, and not just Detroit, obviously not just Detroit Mercy and Oakland, but maybe some other team where this happens to. But, I mean, of course, I'm like, fingers crossed, let's let, let's get through this whole damn protocol thing. I mean, hasn't has everybody gotten it yet? Are we done? Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah. And that was the only game Antoine played. And also, and, and honestly, they did, that was a very, that actually was probably the best game Detroit Mercy played this season. With the exception of the one against IUPUI. Well, and not that it matters and, that much. And incidentally, but... when, when you look like IUPUI in Milwaukee, you have problems. Good on Antoine for getting that done um, at home. Like, he only yeah. had one chance when he should have had three. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually kind of mad. I missed the um, cause I missed the interview. I missed his postgame interview with Jordan Burnfield, by the way, who we have to get back on here again, as I feel like an idiot because we didn't get him on this season. Um, missed, missed our rite of passage to have Jordan Burnfield on. Damn it. Boo. But, yeah, missed the interview. But, yeah, I think so – yeah, I mean, when he was done, I guess his grandma was in the stands. He went up and hugged his grandma, which is awesome. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was that, – it was it was almost perfect. It was perfect for him to do that. And, by the way, you got to remember, too, that he did it in less games. He, 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 did, he accomplished it in less games than anyone. Because, remember, last season, it was obviously a truncated season because of COVID. So, and he, they're only, they're not even halfway through this season yet. So in four seasons, Antoine Davis, and Antoine has a whole lot of season left to expound upon his record. Dude's good. I, 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 I have nothing bad he, to say about I Antoine Davis. I don't know if he's going to make, I don't think he's got enough runway to get to the, I don't think he's got enough, he doesn't have enough runway to get to the Horizon League record, which was set by Al Frederick Hughes back in the 80s, uh, Al Frederick Hughes of Loyola back in the 80s. But, you know, he's he's obviously, he's already top five, so. Well, he could come back for one more year. He's able to. Theoretically, he could. Um, practically, I would say get your ass overseas. I would agree, but what do I know? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. They had like 14 fa- they had 14 scouts at the game. Did they though? Because that's just a number. Like you don't know when a scout's there or not unless you're literally talking to them. Like Well, that's, no. It's such a They actually have to know. Would you like to know why? Yes. Teach because, me. Because and this I found this out back in the 90s. If you are a scout, you have the ability to get credentials just like the press does. So they go through sports information to get those credentials to make sure that they got a spot on the to spot where they can, you know, they get get a spot to the to spot at the game. Um, because I that actually happened in, in Cleveland State a couple of times. There was a for whatever reason there was always a couple of NBA scouts at Cleveland State games when I was there. So yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is though a lot of these scouts are in and out. They're in and out on practices. Like sure. they're around. It's it's not that uncommon. Um, just like you know, sitting on media. Like I'm gonna uh, Ryan Kay, who wrote for us for a while, uh, works over at Boston Brackets. He's credentialed with Oakland for Oakland games. He sits next to me at Oakland games. He yes. has not been at every Oakland game. You know, some of us have lives. Right. You know, he's got family, right? So like Sunday, he wasn't there. If you're looking at the total numbers though of credentialed media for that game, Ryan would have been included in that. Were there really 14 people there? Did the 14 people show up or did eight of those go, oh, Patrick Baldwin's not playing? I'm not coming. I don't know. Maybe. You could be right. This I'm just saying it's it's a really it's a really ridiculous thing to try to hang your hat on. These these people these, these scouts are that's what they do. It's their job. Yeah, they're they're checking out Antoine. They're aware of him. They're checking out Patrick Obviously. Baldwin Jr. when they could. Yeah, if those two were playing, there probably would have been a few extra people because it makes their life easier, their job easier. Obviously. But, but at the same time, I I don't know that the scout count thing is really. I thought it was tacky. <laughs> just my opinion. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, you had a scout sitting next to you during the Oakland game, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. You, you mean my daughter or the actual scout? The actual scout. So my daughter lost her seat to a scout because I wasn't in. You know, of course I wasn't thinking that this was the mocking game. I was like, oh, I knew Ryan wasn't going to be there, who usually sits next to me. Like I said, so I was like, okay, I'm going to sneak her in, no problem forgetting it's the Milwaukee game and that there's going to be extra people in attendance, but luckily uh, some wonderful season ticket holders that have the seats right behind um, had some open seats. So she got to sit there. But anyway, um, yeah, I had, a, I did have um, some extra scoutage people next to us. Well, they certainly saw, they certainly saw a lot of folks that did pretty, a lot of players that did pretty well that should catch their eye that game. I'll tell you that much. I would agree, and I can tell you for a fact that one player that they weren't there to see that caught their eye, as Greg Campy keeps on saying to anyone that'll listen, because they were aware of Jamal Kane, they were aware of Jalen Moore, they were aware yeah, of they were. Baldwin. Micah Parrish, man. Micah Parrish. Pe- people are salivating. If he if he's still at Oakland next year, I will be shocked. And I hate saying that, but man. What makes you say that? Which part? If he's still at Oakland? If he's still at Oakland, yes. Only because he, he he's he, he's built for the pros, and I, I could see someone come a calling, come not not to go pro, but someone at a high major could could reel him in. He, nah, all right. <laughs> I'm I, yeah, like I said, scouts were what? Who's that? Like looking at his at his sheet, like why isn't he someone we're talking about? He's good. He's really good. He's and he's and he's built for the pros. Yeah. Watch it. Watch well, it. that's good. I mean, 
But again, I mean, you look at that team and it makes sense. The way that that team is set up, the success that they have had to this point in the season, it all makes sense. That, that you know, you would have a guy that you wouldn't necessarily be looking at and people are starting to look at. Do you know why that game got out of hand against Milwaukee? Well, this will be my last thing. Like, this is something Campy talked about, but most of you don't sit there and listen to Campy things. You're kind of wrong, only from the sense of they're usually really entertaining. But um, that game almost got to the point. The, the reason that it played out that way, um, as far as offensively for Oakland, is because Milwaukee made an adjustment because Trey Townsend was about to have 35 to 40 points in that game because their plan was to have Townsend on St. Pierre. Oh, and Townsend was going to score 40 points. That w- that was their game plan going into that Saint game. St. Pierre was going to file out of that game if that was the case. Townsend can blow by bigs. He He's an old 80s style big. He wasn't originally going to be a big, but he's turned himself into and he's got a really cool game for it. But they love to bring him out, put him on the wing, make the big come out, and they can't guard Townsend. He will blow by them into an empty paint and score 40. And that's what they were doing, going to do to Milwaukee. Milwaukee saw it, made the adjustment. And from there, they were in trouble. I have, I have in the past have been a little anti-campy as a coach. I've always said he's an X's and O's guy, but didn't think he related to his players. But he's related to these players and the X's and O's. Man, they're good. Oh, by the way, um, I should point. Oh, by the way, before we go, uh, Tony Paul is also reporting that uh, uh, Oakland may be looking for another non-conference game. Okay. So, um. I don't know if they luck out. Maybe it'll be Ohio State, but probably not. <laughs> Especially with IUPUI playing them. I want it to be Michigan, but Michigan won't touch them. Uh, yeah, so. All right, so with that, we're out of here. Next week, we'll actually be recording at our regular time because everybody's going to actually be done on Saturday, which is awesome, by the way. I will not be looking that gift horse in the mouth, though. So. Um until then, uh, again, HorizonRoundtable.com. Um, definitely tune in. Again, yeah, I got Dylan Graff's interview with Kamari Miggies coming up, too. So uh, that's going to be awesome. And, of course, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, which is great. And be, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. It seems like a short week for us, but who cares? Thanks for listening.